if you see somebody with in the community who who is different, who looks different, who acts different, go up and say hi. It's known as the invisible disability because you don't even know it on the outside. That's Katie Barton. Katie describes herself as a high-functioning autistic adult with mild cerebral palsy. She's 47 years old. Katie is focused on improving the lives of people with intellectual disabilities. She's particularly passionate about advocating for better mental health and obesity services. I'm Chris Farrell. And I'm Twyla Dang. And this is Small Change, Money Stories from the Neighborhood. The Center for Disease Control estimates in a study on adults that more than 2% are on the autism spectrum. Now, not all disabilities are visible, and that can include people like Katie. What is an autistic self-advocate? Autistic self-advocate is, I've I've learned from, from experience that I need to advocate for myself and others if I want to see the change made. In, in areas that need to have change made, I, I've had some some personal personal experiences that led led me to want to make changes. Um, mental health, I had some some issues that I didn't have any place to turn. Um, so I went to Special Olympics and and helped them to create a program called Strong Minds, which which is program aimed at our athletes to help them combat anxiety and, 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 and learn how to use mindfulness. So tell us a little bit about the Special Olympics. I've been involved in Special Olympics for 25 years. Um, I've competed in almost every sport that they have offered. Um, I'm a global messenger, I've met, which means I've been trained to go out and do public speaking on their behalf. I'm a health messenger. I've been trained to, to educate others about health and, and, and educate the community about the importance of including us in healthcare. And did you have a favorite sport? My favorite was poly hockey. Which is, which is like ice hockey, but minus ice and skates. Same roughness, same, same rules. Ah, and so you competed. I competed. Yeah. Oh, that's that's great. So, in terms of, um, in terms of health and wellness. So you mentioned anxiety, for example. What would you like people to know about health and wellness? Uh, and anxiety. People with intellectual disabilities deserve to have healthcare that is designed for them. As too, um, they, we deserve as well to have physicians that understand how to work with us. There aren't a whole lot of physicians that are trained in. And how to work with people into with intellectual disabilities. 
Joining us during our conversation with Katie is Jessica Wick. She has been Katie's supporter for about a decade, helping her navigate different situations when needed, like with our interview. And Kate, is there any specific reaction that you feel like you get when you tell someone that you're autistic and what makes that reaction unique? I mean, is it, I mean, that's what I think is the key, right? That you understood, like when you say you're autistic and you have an intellectual disability, what is the unique response that you get usually? Sometimes it's, it's like crickets. Sometimes it's, sometimes they, sometimes they're good. Sometimes I have physicians that totally ignore me and, and aren't sure how to handle it. So I have to go at it from a different angle. And share your story. And, and share kind of, yeah, share my own personal experiences with them just, just to get what I need. Like many people concerned about the pandemic, Katie stopped working. Instead, she used her time to focus on the volunteer activities that are so important to her. She also says that working was hard on her, both mentally and physically. And are you working now? I am not. I have not worked since COVID started. Just too risky? Yeah. And I was, where I was working, they... they, changed my job title too much. And so I just decided it wasn't a good fit anymore. They wanted me to be involved in charge of, I used to work for the city of Woodbury at their little central park. They wanted me to be in charge of it at night. And I felt I didn't have the skills or want to be in charge of teenagers. What kind of volunteer work would you want to do? Or what kind of volunteer work do you do? I volunteer for the food shelf. I do various volunteer jobs within the community. I am an active member of my public safety department's multicultural advisory committee. Uh, It's a committee put together to help the police Work to work with the different uh, cultures in the community to fill the bridge of the gaps, and they brought me in to help bridge the gaps within the the intellectual disability, intellectual disability community. That must be meaningful. It is. Katie, hmm. do you like working? I do. Um, but during COVID, I, I realized that since I was I was working in the community, that I was working very hard to make my autism disappear, and it and it was kind of creating anxiety, which was creating some bad things that went along with it, such as using food. To, to fix those feelings. Can I ask why you feel like you had to, why you wanted to make the autism disappear? I, I felt it, 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 I needed to do that to gain employment and, and to appear 
normal quotations to uh, in interviews. I I always put it out there that I was autistic first, <laughs> but I always made myself work hard to make it disappear. Which must have been exhausting. Yeah. Did you feel, Kate, like you might be treated differently on the job, not just in the interview process, but did you feel like maybe at the on the job, did you experience any anything that made you feel like you had to be more, like you said, quote unquote normal? There were there were a few places where where once they understood my autism that it wasn't an issue, but there were a few places where I I had to make it go away just just to make it make the job work. Sorry you felt like you had to do that. I'm sorry that people put you in that position. We'll be back with more Small Change. Small Change is supported by Thrivent through generous support from the Thrivent Foundation. Thrivent is driven by a higher purpose to help people achieve financial clarity and to make the most of all they've been given. Small Change is also supported in part by the McKnight Foundation, which works to advance a more just, creative, and abundant future where people and planet thrive. Learn more at McKnight.org. Welcome back to Small Change. Imagine how hard it must be to try and hide a disability from your colleagues day after day. It would be exhausting. That's not all that's exhausting. The rules and regulations that come with government-provided services for those dealing with visible and invisible disabilities, or both, are complicated. Think Medicaid, Medicare, and Social Security. For example, there are strict limits on how much a disabled person can earn without a negative impact on benefits. The system is set up in ways that make it tough to save for retirement. When you're thinking about, you know, getting older, as we all think about, and you're not working, are you concerned about finances? Somewhat, but... but not really um I, I i know that i have i probably have have enough cuz cuz of my benefits and i i do have a small retirement amount that that i can draw into but it's but it's probably enough to to get by on so tell us a little bit about the benefits. I have Social Security, um, which is which is is enough to live live off of, um, and then I that's pretty much it. <laughs> Katie, can you talk a little bit about your? I'm sorry, Kate. Can you talk a little bit about your support system, like? Who who helps you who helps you manage um, some of these like financial concerns that you have on a day to day basis, or just the management of how you navigate you know 
Medicare, Medicaid, and your benefits and how they all sort of inter- interact? My mom is is the one that helps me out the most. Um, she takes, she's in charge of all that. And then my my brother and sister are learning. She wrote, um, she put together a manual for them. So when she, she dies, they understand how everything works because it's so complicated sometimes. Yeah, I would imagine it's a lot of work just to stay on top of things. So everything requires you to send this to them this time of year, just this to them, fill up this, fill up this. So we always ask everybody this question. Um, so how did you learn about money? My mom is my mom likes money. She's she's very good with money. She, she um she likes spreadsheets, so so I kind of have kind of liked them too. She likes Excel, so I, I she's kind of taught me how to use Excel and use it for other things, and how to, she taught me how to make, use it, make an easy budget. So, what goes into your budget? Food, my my cat cat supplies and. Uh, personal supplies and stuff like that. Wait, you have a cat? I have a cat. I'm a I, I'm I'm a I'm now team dog these days. But uh, I, I had we had cats for a very very long long time. I, I'm a I'm a big I'm a big cat fan. I have a special place for people that understand how special cats are. Yes, he's sleeping on my bed because my do- sister's dog is here. For a couple of days, and, and he he doesn't like her, like her. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, I I wanted to I wanted to ask about that really quickly. You said that your mom likes spreadsheets, and so do you. Uh, I I would I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, Kate. We've been making this show for a couple years now. I've never heard one person tell us that they like spreadsheets. So I think that means you're probably well ahead of the curve on most of us. Because if you like a spreadsheet, you'll use it. We're gonna we're kind of the oddballs. So I I think that is an absolute superpower to not only understand a spreadsheet but to enjoy it is uh, I I I can't give you enough thumbs up on that. I'm still working toward that every single day. So. So tell me this. You said you know how to you know how to do you know budgeting. Your your mom's helped you understand how to budget, and you talked about your like sort of how you how you deal in your everyday you know expenses and things like that. Um, do you and your? I feel it sounds like your mom has made sure that you are very involved in your own in handle in learning how to handle your own money. That it's not mm-hmm. something that's done for you. It's done. It's something that's done with you. Yep. yep. Can you talk about that a little bit? My mom and dad have always made sure that I always have had the tools I need to succeed. They they've they've made sure that I've like budgeting. They've made my mom has made sure that I understand how money works. I know how how to, I know what a 
difference between a dollar and a five dollar bill is and when I go to get change back I, I I know how to make sure I get the right amount back and when I was because I, I was a cashier I could I could I, I knew how to get make sure to give the right amount back to customers and which is important and then Jessica if you don't mind my asking how did you and Katie get together? Um, so Kate and I are unified partners through Special Olympics Minnesota. And so I went to some of the training that she talked about early on, um, being a health messenger, being a global messenger. I went through those courses and um, through that met Kate ultimately. And, you know, I would I would call her a friend first, but secondarily, as a unified partner, I'm able to help her as, you know, just someone that does not have an intellectual disability to help her to navigate some of the other things in life. I can't help with Medicare and Medicaid, but I can help with some of the other stuff. Like we've taken these courses together um, to learn about her advocacy. And I know that we have to um, keep focused on really advocacy because it's education. It's all of those things that Kate is really passionate about. And so I just help to keep her focused on the key areas that she is excited in um, advocating she keeps, for. She keeps me grounded or I, my, 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 my mind would tend to run off in 10 different directions. So do you feel that with the activities you're doing that you're creating a community or that you are part of a community? Yes. Oops. Yes. And so what is your community? My community is, boy, my community is Special Olympics. My community is the city of Woodbury with various different groups, the police, uh, the YMCA, the I I have relationships with the mayor and the city council members and and which has I think has led me has led to building wood making Woodbury to the point or making it inclusive so you're you're seeing real signs of that yeah These relationships have paid off for her community of Woodbury, a Twin Cities suburb. Of course, making changes always takes time. Katie is certainly persistent. Because I have, I've, I had had a relationship with the mayor at the time. I, and I was getting to know the Woodbury public safety, and and I had a relationship with Special Olympics. I approached the police and it it took a long time. Um after I think twenty years of of pestering them, they finally agreed to host it and they love it. This is the eighth year of the plunge. This past September, the first year ever. After 25 years, they also agreed to take part in the final leg, which they they were saying, why haven't we done this? Like, um, 
I've asked you. I, I kept asking you. I kept pushing you. And describe the plunge to us. The polar plunge is they cut out a hole in the frozen lake in the middle of February. It's Woodbury is usually the coldest one of the year. The first one was, what, 25 below with a negative wind chill of 50? It's a, okay. It's, a, it's Minnesota wow. fun. Only in Minnesota can you jump on a frozen lake. And enjoy I, it. <laughs> and do it the next year. But year so after year. you're really persistent. I mean, yeah. 20 years to get them to do this. I kept going back. I, I think I had to find the right officer to ask. Same with same with the final leg. I I think I finally got the right officer. Um, this this past during COVID, they did Elps University stuff, and I finally I asked one of the officers to do. They they did a LETR ambassador course, so I I asked one of the officers to be my unified work partner, so so would also show them what the torch run did. And so I think that kind of sealed the deal. Um, but no, explain what the LETR is in the final leg, Kate. You didn't really explain what that is. The LETR, the LETR is law enforcement torch run is the largest grassroots fundraiser in the world that, that raises awareness and funds for special Olympics. Um, the final leg is the, it, it's they carry the torch uh, in Minnesota. It starts. There's three different legs. There's one that starts in Moorhead. There one. There's one that starts all the way up in Canada. There's one that starts in Rochester, and they all converge and meet in one area. This year, it they decided to end it in Woodbury. So, so they so during rush hour, it, it they ran it ran it down Radio Road Radio Drive. Oh, okay. Oh. I think that's why it takes them 20 years to say yes to these crazy ideas that Kate <laughs> yeah. comes up with. Because Radio Drive is not a yeah. it's not as quiet road. <laughs> no. Rush hour. No. no. So what does it mean to have someone like Jessica in your life? She's awesome. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um if I would have become an advocate, if I wouldn't have had her behind me, she, she's helped me achieve a lot of a lot of the goals that I've had as an advocate, and helped me make the help me put into motion things. That, I, that I'm doing. I, I love her. Growing up, I was all, always bullied and excluded. So inclusion is, is a big piece of what I've become. So making sure everyone is included is very important. And starting at the top of the city is, I feel, is the way to do it. Yeah. 
And I'm sorry, you're bullied. It's okay. I, yeah. I, I think they realized, oh, she, she, she did some good things. Yes, that I could, that I think is pretty true. Is very true. Absolutely. Hey, um, can I ask, can I ask, yeah. how did you, how did you get brave enough to start doing some of these things? Cause I, cause that's, that's hard. To, that's hard to to stand up and say, I, I deserve better. Um, and not only to know it, but to ask for it from people. I mean, and you've taken this much further. You're you're asking government to support this and to support you in doing this. And they're responding. How did how did you get so brave? A lot of it is Special Olympics. They they, they gave me the skills and I just ran with it. Um before Special Olympics, I was very shy. Um, they 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 taught me how to use my voice and, and make it make it work, make it be impactful, and how to use it to to make be, become an advocate and make the change that I want. So, how did you get involved in the Special Olympics? I I. When I was 21, there was a resource fair at my transition program, and they came, and I decided that I should get involved. It was one of the best things that I've ever done. And what was the transition program? It was, it's, it was part of, it was, what was 916, which, what is now Century, they had uh, Transition program, which was part of the White Bear School District, um, it was the first of its kind, which all the other schools kind of built around it, built one like it. What does it mean to you that your parents engage, you know, like that they, they involve you in the decisions about what happens with your finances, not just that you know when money is coming in and money is going out, but maybe just talk about why it's important to you that does it make you feel empowered that you're a part of that? I guess I just thought there was maybe a little more there. It, by having them in, involve me, it also helps me to understand More, more importantly, how, how the budget works. So if I don't have enough money for something, I, I can't spend it. Do you enjoy and, being able to have a? Do you enjoy being able to be that act that active and hands on with with your finances? Mm-hmm. And why is that? It gives you a sense of control, or it it, it kind of gives me a little bit of independence. But but it also is comforting to know that my mom is there to help me if I don't understand something. I think one of the other items you forgot to mention in your budget is your art supplies. Um, I, I also do art, but but I've just discovered in COVID that I like I do digital art, so I do it on my iPad, which is way cheaper than going to buy art supplies. <laughs> So, hey, can I ask, is this when, when we're, um, has COVID, has the, the time away from work allowed you to explore more of these things? Yeah. COVID kind of, I discovered the digital art world during COVID. 
and kind of taught myself. Have you always been a person who thinks out details like that? Yes. I, I think it's helped me to become that, that advocate who I've become. It, 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 my, my wheels are always turning. And, and it, it, it's a, sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a, bad, it's a bad thing. Sometimes they get going really, really fast. Sometimes I have to shut them off somehow. And, and right now, they're all going at once. So what would you like people to know or to understand about autism? Autism is a neural, neural disability. Um, we're not scary. If you see somebody with in the community who who is different, who looks different, who acts different, you go up and say hi. It's known as the invisible disability because you don't even know it on the outside. Even somebody who who is nonverbal is is very smart on the inside. You just can't get it out. Katie is an effective advocate for herself and her community. Her support system, from family to Jessica to government programs to the Special Olympics, have helped her have confidence in her ideas. But it's her persistence and her drive to create a more inclusive environment for people dealing with intellectual disabilities that is making change happen for the better. Thank you for listening. Small Change is a production of Minnesota Public Radio and American Public Media. Small Change would not have been possible without the work of many people, including Executive Producer Stephanie Curtis, Editor Alex Simpson, Intern Arshia Hussein, Producer Veronica Rodriguez, Original Music is by Dexter Wolf. You can find other Small Change episodes and find resources for more information about money by going to our website, smallchainstories.org. You'll also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.